Amen. Um, Acts chapter 18, if you can go with me there, Acts chapter 18, and uh, we've been in all summer long, all summer long we've been in this series in the book of Acts. Now, I haven't gone through every verse and every chapter and every story, but I would encourage you all, if you haven't done so already, to study this book, read through the book of Acts. And you may be surprised what new treasures of truth, new stories that maybe you just overlooked, um, new gems that are there for you. So I encourage you to do that. We'll be finishing this series maybe in the next uh, week or two, a couple of weeks, and then we'll be moving on. But amen. Uh, I invite you also to continue prayer. How many of you... Just, just felt God in a special way during the uh, fasting this past week. Amen. In prayer. Amen. Somebody say amen. <laughs> let's, let's continue forward. It was, a, it, was a, it was an awesome first seven days, but uh, we still have a, a ways to go. And this week we're focusing on revival in the church. Last week was revival in the family. Revival in the church uh, this, this week. So let's be in prayer for that. Acts 18 Verse 1, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jewish man, a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. Everyone say tent makers. Amen. That's what I want to preach on today, tent makers, with this thought of living by faith. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Growing up, uh, we had a tradition in my family. Every year we would go camping in the summertime, and it, it was something that, as a kid, I, I looked forward to. After school was out, I knew that in just a, a week or so, uh, we would pack up our things and, and head for the mountains. Uh, we would travel uh, several hours up in the mountains near Fresno to, uh, it was called Shaver Lake. I don't know if anybody, uh, anybody has been there, but uh, it's a beautiful lake. Uh, I looked forward to uh, campfires and Pine trees, amen, fishing and swimming and, and uh, boat rides and all the fun activities out on the lake. And, and I think I, I loved everything about camping except two things, the, the setup and the teardown. Can I get an amen out there? <laughs> because I found out, right, that when you get there, nothing is set up. And all there is is just a, uh, a picnic table and maybe a, 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 you know, a broken down fire pit. And, and in my family, we didn't lodge in these nice, you know, fancy uh, camping. They, they, they call it glamping. Have you heard of glamping? Yeah, I, I told my daughter once recently, I said, we got to go camping. She's like, maybe glamping, but not. Well, okay. Um, there were no Airbnbs uh, back then. You know what? We slept in tents. We slept in tents. And before any of the fun started, we had to roll out these tents. And 
assemble them piece by piece. And, it, you know, it kind of put a damper because there's all this excitement and, and enthusiasm. We're, we're here, and it's like, but wait, we can't have fun yet. We need to set up camp. And so we would find a, a, a flat area, and we would try to flatten it out, get all the rocks from the ground. And, and, and there, little by little, we would, we would set up these tents and drive some stakes uh, into the ground. And, and then we were, we were good to go, and the, the fun could stay. But then after a few days, uh, we had to tear everything down. And, and roll up that tent. And I don't know how, how many of you felt the frustration. of How in the world did this tent fit inside of this bag? I remember being a lot smaller, right, and trying to squeeze it back in. It's just, you know, you're sweating it out and, and trying to roll the thing up. And, um, you know, that, that's just part of it. If you're going to rough it that way, um, that's what camping is. That's what being in a, in a tent. You know, tents, tents are, they're not permanent homes. They are temporary shelters. Uh, they're meant to be portable uh, dwellings designed to adapt and move in just about uh, every environment. And I think that's perhaps why a tent would be a fitting metaphor for living by faith. A fitting metaphor for, for walking with God. You see, in our passage today, we see a Christian couple, Aquila and Priscilla, who seem to embody this concept of faith. The Bible says that they were tent makers by trade. And I think that their tent making mentality seemed to carry over into their spiritual walk and could teach us some things about following Christ. Now let me bring you into the text today and the surrounding events. Acts chapter 18 picks up about midway through Paul's second missionary journey and he is now visiting some of the places that he had already visited in his prior trip. And his intention this time is to further establish the works of God. And there are some famous churches that we now know today in the New Testament, such as the Philippian church or the Thessalonian church that he visited on his second journey. And, and after a brief visit in Athens, the famous city of Athens, where Paul masterfully shared the message of the gospel in Mars Hill, where he spoke in front of all of the, the, the most renowned philosophers, Greek philosophers of the day, and presented to them the message of the gospel in a very eloquent, um, powerful way. And, and it was there that he pointed out the altar with the inscription to the unknown God. And he talked about who that God was as being Jesus Christ. And from there, he departed and landed in the city of Corinth, which is where we find our passages today. And shortly after arriving in Corinth, Paul met what I would call a power couple, Aquila and Priscilla, who would eventually play a key role in the early church and in Paul's ministry, Aquila and Priscilla. And I think that, that as an added bonus, it's kind of cool that their names rhyme. Aquila and Priscilla. It kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? And, and, and Paul shared something in common with, with them because he too, which you may not know this, 
but Paul was a trained tent maker. Paul was trained in the skills of making tents. And that was sort of his, you could call it his, uh, his side hustle. It's what he did to maybe um, supplement his income. It was something he knew how to do that no matter where he went, no matter what city he landed in, he knew he could kind of set up shop and, and make some tents and make a little money uh, on the side. And, and this is what uh, Paul knew how to do. And so he encountered uh, this couple, Aquila and Priscilla, who were also tent makers. And the reading of the scripture would uh, lead us to believe that Paul did not meet them in the synagogue or uh, in any uh, religious setting. It, it would appear like Paul met them uh, at somewhere at, at, in the business arena. Maybe there was a uh, tent makers union meeting or something, a tent makers convention. He met them in the marketplace. He met them in the business sphere and got connected with them there. And as you read the text, that seems to be the common ground that Paul shared with this, this couple. And uh, as he encountered them, they, they hit it off right away. Not only did they share the same trade as being tent makers, but there was also this uh, synergy they had, this commonality. There was a tent-like faith that they also shared and, and this attitude towards life, this mentality towards life. And so uh, they hit it off. They hit the ground running of Paul and, and, and Aquila and Priscilla. And, and, and there was something about this couple that, that Paul gravitated towards. There was something about them. Uh, and I think that it was this tent-like mentality that, that they shared, this ability to survive and, and to thrive in every season uh, that they that they lived through. There was something about Aquila and Priscilla that 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 stood out to Paul. That, that this couple seemed to be quite agile. They seemed to be quite uh, uh, adaptive and, and ready to to respond to things. And I believe that there are some interesting things here that that we can learn. I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to empower all of us that are here today with that same kind of tent like faith. And I hope before this message is over that I can prove to you biblically that, that there is a tent-like faith. There is a, a, a tent quality, if you please, that, that we all ought to live with. And now, we only have but a small sample, a small sketch of this couple. We don't have a lot of, of, of references to them in the New Testament, but we have just enough to gather something, some principles from their life, some key lessons about being spiritual tent makers, about living by faith. How many of you want to live by faith? Can you say amen today? We want to walk by faith and not by sight. So what is it about this couple that stands out and what could they tell us today if indeed they could be here and share some of the lessons that they learned? I think the first thing that Aquila and Priscilla like to tell us today is that you have to be, if you're going to have tent-like faith, if you're going to walk with God and be ready to move when he moves, then you have to be willing to adapt with grace. Someone say adapt. You got to be willing to adapt with grace. Let, let, me, let me break this down for you. You know, tents, by their very nature, by the way that they are constructed and designed, the way they're engineered, they are made to be adaptable and flexible and stretchable in many different situations. They, they are structured that way. 
They are not so rigid. They are not so, um, so, so cemented in its construction that it cannot be moved or it cannot uh, uh, you know, uh, survive different types of climates. They can be set up and, and broken down again and again in various environments and conditions. That, that's what a tent can do. And that's why when you see an explorer that is, um, uh, you know, uh, traversing through the mountains or, or going anywhere off the beaten path, uh, they, they have a tent with them that they can set up just about anywhere and, and survive. And there's just enough shelter there for them to, so that they don't die from hypothermia or get rain uh, uh, all over them and their clothes and their food. So they're very adaptable. And likewise, friend, living by faith involves being flexible and adaptable to life challenges. And let me tell you something. If you're going to thrive in every season, because there are multiple seasons that we will go through throughout our life, if you're going to thrive, if you're going to make it, if you're going to, to, to continue forward and not get stuck, then you need to have this tent-like faith and be able to adapt with grace, trusting that God's plan, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when it doesn't add up, even when we can't explain it, we're willing to move and, and go with God's flow and be willing to adapt and change and, and understand that through it all, God has a great and glorious plan. Someone once said that, you know, blessed, blessed are the flexible, for they, not, they shall not be bent out of shape. And I have come to found, find that the more flexible you are in your understanding and in your faith and in your daily walk with God, the less rigid and the less bitter and, the, and, and uh, you know, the less, it's harder when you are inflexible. And Priscilla and Aquila seemed to be a flexible couple. And the first picture that we have of them was of a, of a couple that was dealing with some very painful and difficult situations. Very difficult adjustments that they had to make. Now, according to verse 2, we read. According to verse 2, it tells us that they were, uh, that they were coming from, from Rome. They were refugees from Rome who were forced out by the emperor. Now this had to have been a very difficult situation for them. This had to have been a painful, maybe heartbreaking situation for them to find themselves in. That they're being sort of forced out of where they were. But I can assure you today that leaving Rome for this couple was not an act of fear, but an act of faith. You see, sometimes I've learned that God will use our circumstances to provoke us into our callings. Can I get an amen today? He'll use disappointment and heartache and frustration to push us into our callings and into our destinies. And sometimes it takes heartache, it takes pain, it takes some sickness or financial setback and disappointments in life in order for us to see that God has a greater plan in order for us to see that this is not all that there is to life, that this is not all that God has in store. Sometimes, can I tell you like I want to, God has to remove the bronze to show you 
the silver. And you may think that all there is to life is bronze. But sometimes God will allow you to go through some pain and disappointment so that he can show you he's got something better for you in store. Hey, and then when that happens, he'll have to remove the silver. You think, oh, it can't get any better than this. I serve a great God. But sometimes he's got to remove the silver. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. Where's my silver? God, where'd you hide it? God said I had to put that away. I had to break your heart. I had to remove that person, that thing from your life so that I can show you I've got a greater destiny and a greater plan. Come on and put your hands together and give God some praise today. Somebody shout amen if you know the truth. Amen. And so God will work with us this way. And he'll remove some things. And I think that Aquila and Priscilla find themselves in that exact predicament. But in doing so, they were pushed into their callings to reposition themselves, to move on, to grow, to step into a new season. But make no mistake, leaving their home behind had to be difficult. But yet they were able to pull up their stakes and recognize that God was doing something in their life, even if they didn't understand. The moment, see, sometimes we don't take that step because we want God to show us every pit stop along the way. We want God to give us a full breakdown of every turn and every place before we take that God doesn't work that way when the Lord called Abraham he said Abraham get out of your country to a land I will he didn't even tell him where he was going he said get just start walking someone say just start walking if you just start walking God said as you walk I'll show you eventually where I'm gonna take you Priscilla and Aquila just started walking, and they left, but by divine providence, uh, they were led there to Corinth. Uh, and it just so happened, even though we don't know it was, we know that it was not an accident, but just so happened, they encountered a man by the name of Paul. And this wasn't just any man, but this was God's man, and this was an apostle, and this was a man who had the key that would unlock uh, a door to the next phase of their life. This was a man that would take them under his wing and show them what their future was going to look like. This was a man. Amen. And so sometimes God will allow things to happen in our life to disappoint us. God will allow things to be shaken up so that we can come into contact with the right person at the right time that'll say here, this is what God is wanting to do in your life. You see, God's grace we think that God's grace is only an agent of forgiveness. Yes, but God's grace is manifold. It's not just an agent of forgiveness. It's also an agent of change. And it's the grace of God that gives us the ability to change when necessary. With tent-like faith, we pull up our stakes and are able to move with the will and the purpose and the direction of God. If I can use this a metaphor of machines. Grace is the grease in the gears of the Christian life. Without it, everything comes screeching to a halt. We don't just need grace to forgive people. We also need grace to move forward. Come on now, somebody. We also need grace to pull up the stakes when it's time to pull up the stakes. And say, God... 
what do you have for me next? It takes grace, someone say grace, to move on from hurtful and unhealthy situations. It takes grace, someone say grace, to leave behind toxic people and situations and places. It takes grace, someone say grace, to say goodbye to your past and hello to your future. It takes grace. And it took grace for Aquila and Priscilla to move on from Rome, this great city, to fully realize their purpose in Christ. I've got a question. What is your Rome? What is God provoking you to, to change from? What is God provoking you to leave behind? What indicators might you be overlooking that signal a need for change? Can I give you some advice today? Don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck in your feelings. Don't get stuck in your pain. Don't get stuck in your disappointment. Amen. You got to leave Rome behind and leave what it, it might. Maybe it served a purpose in its time and in its season. But God's about to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. Something powerful happens in the spirit. When you respond to that prompting that places you in the path of a Paul, of a Paul, someone who represents what God has in store for you. So while this couple is there in Corinth, they have moved on without realizing what God had in store for them, without knowing all the details of what was going to happen. They moved on, and now they're in Corinth, and they're... Rebooting their business, trying to establish themselves, and enters into their life, Paul, and Paul begins to disciple them, and Paul begins to train them. You'll never know what God is preparing for you unless you live with tent-like faith, unless you're willing to adapt with grace. Number two is that to have tent-like faith, you have to Advance in faith. Someone say advance. Mm, say it again. Advance. Again, tents are temporary dwellings that can easily be packed up and moved. If you've got tent-like faith, you, you can't get too settled where you are or too attached to one place. They don't allow you to get too cemented and too comfortable and too relaxed into one place. So to have a tent-making kind of faith, to have the kind of faith that we see exemplified here with this couple, is you got to be ready to move when God says move. Amen. You can't get too relaxed because the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of comfort. The kingdom of God is a kingdom in motion. Mm, my God. God is on the move. Oh, I, I wish I had a witness today. The kingdom of God is ever moving, ever flowing, and always in progress. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The violent don't just wait around to see what happens. No, the violent in God make it happen. 
and understand that this is a divine appointment. This is a divine window that God is opening in and over my life. And I, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I need to recognize that if I don't make a move now in my faith, I can miss my window of opportunity. Mm, my Lord. I can miss my door of opportunity. I don't know who this is for today, but I came to tell somebody that God has set before you an open door. And it's your responsibility to be able to pull up the stakes of where you are and follow God into your destiny and say I'm not going to miss the moment that God has for me. Somebody give the Lord some praise today. I can't miss my, you know, can I tell you something? Some of you younger, younger ones, you younger, younger ones, you don't quite understand. But as you get older, you realize there's only so many doors that are going to open up for you, brother. Oh, my Lord, I wish some of you would see it on my side, you know, like, like I'm not going to tell you how old I am. You, most of you probably know it. But you get to a certain age in your life, and you just come to a realization that there's only so many doors that are going to open because, you know, we're getting closer <laughs> to the end. Well, I don't want to be so morbid today. You see, when you're younger, you just pass up on opportunities. You know why? You just think you're invincible. You think, oh, I'll just have tomorrow. I'll do it then. I'll serve God more then. I'll do it tomorrow. And you just think you got all these doors. And to a certain extent, maybe you do. But as time moves on, and then, and then as your career advances and your life advances, and then you start to get older, and maybe you have a family, and now you've got, you understand, whoa, if I don't say yes to God now, I may not get another chance. And I wish more people had that kind of mentality because I've seen some folks nowadays that you got no business passing up on the kind of doors that God is opening you for you in the faith. You ought to take that door by the, oh, my God. Some of you right now in the faith are seeing doors that are starting to close, and you've got the nerve to still sit there and analyze it and judge it and look at it sideways. No, you better put your hand in that door and say, hold up, one more is coming. In. I need to step into my purpose and to my call. Somebody give God some prayer. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody give God some prayer. I don't know who this is for, but God said, I'm giving you some extra time. I'm giving you an opportunity. Ah, somebody better preach with me here today. I'm giving you a little bit of grace because I'm about to show you something that you have never seen. Ear has not heard. Eye has not seen. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that the Lord has prepared for you. Is anybody today believing God for great things? Oh, I need some help today. I said, are you believing God for great things? And there's only so many opportunities you're going to get in life. And I believe that Aquila and Priscilla said, you know what? This is our moment. We better take this opportunity lest it pass us by. And watch what happened in, in, in Acts 18, 18. You keep reading in the story. We find Aquila and Priscilla. They are on the move yet again. Oh, God. They are on the move yet again. This is what the Bible says. They found a new assignment. In verse 18, so Paul, so Paul remained a good while. And he took leave of the brethren. That's another way of him saying, hey, you know, uh, I'm out of here. 
of here, guys. And he sailed for Syria. And watch, look at what it says next. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. And so Priscilla and Aquila, having this tent-making kind of faith, said, oh, we're not going to get too comfortable here in Corinth. We're going to hitch our life to this man of God because God's doing something here. And so they went with him. They were ready to advance in faith. They were ready to move where God was moving. And you know what I thought to myself? That's a, how many of you think that's a special kind of faith, right? Just to just get up and go with where God is going. I mean, that's a special kind of faith. But can I tell you today that that kind of faith ought not to be so rare and extraordinary. That kind of faith ought to be normal. That is what normal. Oh, my God. We, can I, you know what we got to do? I'm only going to be a few more moments. We got to raise the bar of what normal is. We give people too much credit for doing stuff you're supposed to do anyways. Ah, people want to pat on the back. They want to star next to their name because they went to church. You're supposed to go to church. You don't get any extra credit for that. Oh, God, I, you know, I gave and I taught. You're supposed to give. You don't get any extra credit for that. But there's a, oh, I feel something in my spirit today. God is saying it ought to be normal for you to hear the Holy Ghost and respond in faith and say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Is there anybody like that in the house today? Somebody shout and give God some praise. Uh, we got we to gotta raise the bar of what normal is. It ought to be normal for us to just step out when God says go and pray for that person. It ought to be normal. You know what? Mm, my God, can I minister just for a few more moments? Uh, someone say go ahead. Uh, someone say signs. Someone say miracles. Somebody say wonders. They ought to be normal in the house of God and in our daily life. And I know we get excited when we see them. Oh, this is going to be a good service. Can I tell you? Every service ought to be a good service. Every time the people of God get together, we ought to expect the supernatural. We ought to expect, hey, my God. It ought not to be a rare occurrence. It ought not to be once in a blue moon where we see a miracle. No, these signs shall follow them. That believe, oh, there's that tenth like faith. These signs, do I got a witness that'll follow them that believe? I wish there was a generation that'll stop following the signs and let the signs follow you honey wherever you go my god is there anybody that wants to see the glory of god wants to see the power of god where's my help come on musician want to see the goodness of god i want to see it but there's got to be somebody with ten like faith that says yes to god whatever it is that you want god i'm willing to do it why don't you worship the lord for a few moments right now why don't you lift up your hands why don't you lift up your voice why don't you magnify god hey my god i feel something in my spirit today hey hallelujah this is what god is doing he's raising the bar he's raising the standard he's raising our level of expectancy because my god i feel something of the holy ghost if there is a church whew. 
hallelujah. If there is a church that is willing, you can stand if you want to right now. If there is a church that is willing and that is ready to say yes to God, Lord, wherever it is you want me to go, I'm looking at City Light Church. I'm looking across this congregation. Whether you are a member, a friend, a visitor, this might be your first day, but I'm looking across the body of this congregation right now. And I'm saying, where are the next Aquilas at? Where, my Lord, where is the next Priscilla? I like that it was both a man and a woman. Ladies, God wants to use you too. I better hear an amen on that one. Oh, that was kind of, I said, ladies, God wants to use you too. God wants to see, my God, you keep saying amen. I'm going to preach to you the rest of the service. Hallelujah. Hey, can I tell you something kind of cool? It started off as being Aquila and Priscilla. You know that's the story. It was Aquila and Priscilla. But somewhere along the way, it changed. And, and then it started being Priscilla and Aquila. I don't know if this is something for the ladies here. But I think maybe Priscilla said, all right, Aquila, we need to get, maybe she was the one that was pushing him. Huh? <laughs> Somewhere along the way, Priscilla said, you better step aside, boy. You're too slow. I got, we got to get in this thing. We got time for that, huh? Uh-uh. She got time to be cute. Ain't got time to worry about my Instagram pictures and all that kind of stuff. How does this look? And, you know, just, no, no, no. Pris Priscilla just took charge, man. That's a whole other sermon right there. But she came out into the forefront because God wants to use every man, woman, and child. God wants to use. And I wonder today, hmm. My God, where are the Priscilla's in the house of God? Where are you? You are the next teacher that God wants to raise up. You are the next mm, Ignite School teacher. You're the next choir director. Oh, I prophesy City Light Church is going to have a choir one day. You call me crazy. You think, how can we do it? We only got a few members. I serve a big God. I said I serve a big God. Hey, I don't care if every member of this church got to join the choir. So we'll have a choir. We're going to have a choir one day. Why? Because I serve a big God. You stand in the back of the choir and act like you can sing. I don't care. We're going to make a joyful noise for God. Because is there anybody that says God can do it? God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. Come on, where's your faith? I said, where's your faith today? Where are the Priscilla's and the Aquila? Where's the Aquila that said, you know what, Pastor? We don't have a prison ministry. Nobody's going to the juvenile halls. No one's going to the women's prisons and the men's prison to share the gospel. Maybe you're the one. Mm, I'm prophesying to somebody right now. You start that ministry in the prisons and watch how God will move. But somebody's got to think outside of the box. you got to learn that ministry is not just what happened on this platform and with this microphone that devil is a liar I said the devil is a liar ministry is every time you open up your mouth ministry is every time you walk out in faith and say God have your way throw your hands up and give God some glory give God some prayer I feel the Holy Ghost now hey oh hey Hey, oh, I better quit. I better quit. Hey, 
my God, my God, my God. Some of you, hey, some of you are saying, but pastor, nobody's ever done it like that before. That's all right. God's raising up a new way. God's raising up a citizen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You got to have ten like faith. Ten like faith. You know, I've been, I've been misunderstood before. Don't get me wrong. Some people thought that they, they just thought Pastor Jacob just dropped out of the sky, just, you know, preaching behind the pulpit. Let me tell you about all the years before I ever planted this church, before City Light Church was ever even incepted and born. I'd been a minister. I'd been a, I'd been a preacher. I'd been an evangelist. I'd been a revivalist for some 15 years almost before this church ever got started. And it was all in those proceedings. We don't tell you. I don't ever think about But I'm here to tell you, not to boast in myself, but you need to understand what the lessons that I had to learn. My first messages were not behind a pulpit, Brother David. My first messages were in St. James Park in downtown San Jose. It was me, some of you know Brother Mingo. Me and Brother Mingo, we would go out there to downtown San Jose at St. James Park where all of the homeless and the bums and the drug addicts were at. And we didn't have a pulpit, but we had a voice, Brother Ben. We were And we would pray together. We would be in our car and we would just say, God, whatever it is you want to do, Lord, you go ahead and do it. So don't look at me now at this pulpit and say, yeah, pastor, that's easy for you to say. The devil is a liar. I put in the work, brother. I've been out there in the streets before. I've laid hands on the stinkiest people you can imagine. Ah, my God. I let homeless people. I let a homeless man in my car. He smelled like urine. He smelled like drugs. I let him inside of my Mustang and I took him to Jack in the Box and I prayed over him and I said, God, you was in church the next week. Let me tell you, this gospel works. I feel like somebody's getting a hold of it right now. But you gotta be willing have ten like faith that wasn't it brother that wasn't it I didn't just go into the streets but I would also go into the hospitals sometimes I had a companion with me sometimes I didn't I'd park my down my car in downtown San Jose that's where my church was at and we would I would walk into the hospital rooms without an invitation and I would ask for permission if I can just my God's taking me back right now if I can just go into the rooms with permission and pray for the sick and pray for those that were terminally ill you see I didn't my God, I didn't learn how to pray for people at an altar. I didn't learn how to pray for the sick with a microphone in my hand. I learned how to pray for the sick when they were not even conscious and they were laying there comatose. And I would stretch forth my hand over them. In the name of Jesus, God, raise them up out of here. In the name of Jesus. And I would go from room to room to room all by myself praying for these people. You don't got to wait for a platform. You don't gotta wait for anybody you can step out with with ten like faith they say God of glory I've seen you do it then and you can do it now